One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Osher Ginsberg podcast. I'm Osher Ginsberg. Thank you so much for being here. This is episode 122 of this show with Georgina Vanzan, V-E-N-Z-I-N, Georgina Vanzan. Vanzan? Vanzan. Vanzan. She's from Brisbane, so it's probably Vanzan, but people would call it Vanzan. Anyway, welcome. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Sorry, I'm a little loopy. It's very late on a Sunday night. Uh, this episode today is brought to you by the extraordinary listeners, just like you, who have supported this show through the Patreon page. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Osher. Uh, so many people have been so very generous. I I am a bit overwhelmed with how generous people have been. Um, it's, it's a very, very touching thing that so many people feel the way they do about the show, that it's worth to them that they give back to the show if you would like to support the show and you can afford to do so, that would be lovely. If you can't afford to pledge anything, don't pledge anything. Just enjoy the show. But I'm working lots and lots and lots this year, which is nice because um, sun is shining, making hay. Took another job uh, trying to run around and, and uh, fill the coffers while <laughs> while we've got a production order because these things do go away. Um but it's getting tougher and tougher to find the time to produce this show. It takes six to eight hours to like schedule, research, organize, interview, edit, produce, post um, this show. That's nearly a full day of work that is harder and harder for me to come by. And so what I'm hoping to use the money for is to hire an audio producer who can... Um, who can help out with that? Because I do want to keep putting the show out every single week. I don't want to drop it down to fortnightly. Um, I want to make it come out every week. 
but uh, your help is making this show happen. So thank you very much to everybody. I'm so, so, so stoked. And for those people who did pledge that reward amount, the exclusive episodes are on the way. Um, there's someone who's pledged this extraordinary amount and um, they're getting their Skype call uh, very soon, as soon as they organize that. Uh, but yeah, your help is making this show in many ways. You can always send me an email, send osher email at gmail.com. In fact, that's how my guest today came our way, uh, via email, send osher email at gmail.com. You can also find me on uh, Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat. I'm not that hard to find. I hope your week was good. I hope your week was good. Uh, my week, uh, as you'll hear in this conversation was plagued by the bicycle accident that I had last week. Um, just basically, if you're a guy and you're on the other side of 40, well, I'm just telling you now, if you're a guy on the other side of 30, enjoy the time when you fall over playing silly buggers and your knee hurts and then you get up and then three days later, it doesn't hurt anymore because that stops happening. I hurt myself like 10 days ago. I still hurt like I did the next day. Like things take a long time to get better. And um, it could have been way worse, which is the, the thing. But uh, yeah, I'm still in a, in a bit of pain, which left me, um, I've still got a wound that I can't get wet, which left me unable to get wet at uh, Gigi's birthday. We had Gigi's birthday on the weekend. We all went to Wet n Wild, which is in the in the, the wilds of Western Sydney, which is uh, super interesting to go out to. And um, like Gigi's dad came and he brought his boys and his wife and his mom and their friend and you know we all just hung out and it was it was really nice and um you know obviously everyone has worked very hard to make sure that they can be mates and just be around each other so that the kids all enjoy the company of each other as they could and it's so wonderful to see all the kids together and look it was it was super cool it was also interesting just watching everybody because when I watch people I normally watch them where I work, which is in the CBD of Brisbane, or where I live, which is in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. So two very specific kind of socioeconomic classes I see every day. So being out at Wet and Wild, out in the western suburbs, is very, very different parts and shapes and sizes and colours of humanity. It was really, really fascinating. Um, but I did get a season pass, and in the moment that my arm is not kind of nasty... I look forward to it because it was it was pretty fun. Uh, so I'll get to my guest um, because she's a very interesting woman. Georgina Vanzen is the youth ambassador for the Mindshift Foundation, which is a place dedicated to raising self-worth of youth across Australia. Um, they develop self-esteem programs for high school teachers to provide skills for students. So just imagine what high school would have been like if you had that. All right, can you imagine like a self-esteem class, a conflict resolution class in high school? That would have done a lot. If I had a conflict resolution class in high school, that would have helped the rest of my life. Um, anyway, they've got a pilot program at a high school in Brisbane, and they're looking at that right now. They're going to try and scale statewide and scale nationally. But uh, Georgina is also a very high-profile restaurateur in Brisbane, and alongside her father, they manage at the moment, I think, four successful restaurants, but they also buy and... Um, kind of rework and flip, I guess you would say, restaurants by turning restaurants that aren't working so great into work, restaurants that are working great and sell them off for successful businesses. And Georgina's achieved all this by the time she's 26. Now, Georgina has a very interesting story. She grew up 
with both of her parents. She's very candid about this, and I asked her if it was okay to say, and she said yes. Uh, she grew up with both parents who had different mental health issues, and she says that she almost had to raise her own mum at one point. But her path to be an ambassador towards self-esteem in young people passes through a few very interesting parts of her life, including booking herself in for breast enhancement surgery not once, but twice, and pulling out both times. She also booked herself in for a nose job. And again, she pulled out at the last moment. Now, Georgina came, I interviewed her in the studios at um, Hit 105 in Brisbane, where I'm working at the moment, the radio station. She's a beautiful and intelligent woman. She's savvy. She's smart. She's the front-facing representative of a successful hospitality company. All right, so she's out. She's meeting people. She's meeting the public. She's meeting customers all day long. She wears no makeup. She told me, I learned to love myself for who I am. Now, it's one of the more powerful conversations I've had on this show because, you know, I think about the women in my life. And if you're a woman listening, what would it take for you to go through your day-to-day not just your personal life, but your work life, not wearing any makeup. It's a very, very interesting story uh, that weaves through a couple of fascinating chapters, and I'm grateful I could bring it to you today. So enjoy this conversation. So hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm sore. You're sore? I like the stubble. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, I, it was a beard. And then I shaved it because I had to do a gig the other night down in uh, Melbourne because uh, they paid for TV me. Yep. So they yep. Got, I had a beard. <laughs> no, well, the problem is when you're a guy and you have a beard, you go from pirate to child. True. In about five minutes. And TV you as child? Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, I get old when I grow a beard because it's all gray. Yeah, um, no, I came off my bicycle on Thursday about six days ago. And I broke my thumb under here. There's a whole dressing because oh. I lacerated. I really... Messed up my elbow, that but sucks. I landed very, very hard on my ribs. Uh, they didn't break, but just cycles. Yeah, yeah, well, cycle. yeah, I cycle fast. <laughs> when I come to work, I like to go like a proper cycle in the uh, proper, in the yeah, proper like middle-aged yeah. man in like yeah. a cycle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How old uh, are you? Uh, Forty-one. Forty-one. I'll be forty-two in soon. Since five weeks. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'll be forty-two in five weeks. But thank you so much for coming. <laughs> That's all right. I'm 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 glad you're here. You you lead a secret double life, don't you? What do you mean? <laughs> well, you're this extraordinary ambassador for young women and self-esteem around the country, but you're also this machine of hospitality in Brisbane, aren't you? I guess. I don't know. No, come on. <laughs> I try, yeah. You didn't grow up here though, did you? I was Melbourne till five. Yeah. And then and then pretty much grown up here. What so happened? My dad was an engineer yeah. and then he brought him up here for work. So we all relocated. And how long did your dad stay an engineer? Until he started our first restaurant, so 12 years ago. What, he just went? Midlife crisis, breakdown. I remember him crying. Really? Being depressed, having a hard time. Really? He broke down? Anymore. Yeah. How old was he? He was, So he's 66 now. He would have been around 52, And how old were you? We do my maths. What, 13? <laughs> yeah, yeah, around that age. That would have been so hard being a teenager, watching your father go through that. Yeah. I've grown up with it, obviously, with this. My mum suffered from depression, so has my brother, so has my dad. So I'm lucky I've grown up and been aware yeah. of those situations. And for me, it was normal. Yeah. Where a lot of people would come over and think my family's crazy because they're sheltered, even if they're family's going through the same thing and their parents wouldn't let them see uh, what's going on i guess so they were how did you how did you folks talk about it when it first went down 
as in him changing career or just being suffering from depression? Well, yeah. I mean, that's a tr- tr- tricky thing to, to talk to a kid about. I guess mom obviously had a lot of anxiety and so she'd have a lot of breakdowns. And then dad was traveling a lot for engineering at this time. So I just have to help her through it, I guess. Yeah. And then she just, I guess you watch and you learn of how to deal like, yeah. when she, what makes her down and how to, obviously when you're younger, I used to get very angry. Like, why aren't you getting better when I'm trying to help you? And then you learn, you adapt and you learn you just to can't, deal with that, these situations. That, I think that's the thing a lot of people don't realize. I have anxiety and depression as well. I think that's the thing a lot of people don't realize, like, just you, you actually can't snap out of it, yeah. Because the part of your brain that allows you to snap out of it doesn't work properly. Exactly. That's the thing yeah. that a lot of people don't don't get. So, what role did starting uh, the the restaurant have in your father's health and and feeling better? Changed him completely. Yeah, like, I don't know. He's off of antidepressants since Great. beginning the restaurants. Um, I guess maybe working for someone, I've never really had that discussion with him actually. I'm yeah. going to have to do that today because we're, okay. we are best friends. Um, just finding something that he's passionate about and maybe not working for someone else and having those deadlines for someone else doing it more. So I'm lucky I work for myself and him. So everything is putting my passion into my own business. Yeah. So it's, if I'm putting stress, it's like on myself and then you have to learn to cope with that and take that off yourself. And I think remembering the steps I, obviously, whenever I get stressed in a situation, I just look of, of other people and then I'm like, okay, I compare myself to restaurateurs like 35, 40. And I'm like, I want that. And I have to remember, hang on, I'm only 26. Yeah. Take that pressure off myself, baby steps, get there. So I think it's always just with any issue, if you can take the time in your head to kind of pull it apart and work out why you're feeling that way, it makes it easier to comprehend and understand and yeah. get out of it. Isn't Does that interesting that, that what you said that from – like he he went from working for someone else and and I would guess like he he might have had a passion for engineering yeah but it might not have been his purpose it no, might not yeah. have been this is not what I'm here for yeah but somehow he managed to find an alignment with that it's it came through you know owning a restaurant it might have come through something else but yeah. do you feel that once he found that alignment that's where things started to get better yeah definitely wow. He's, is he cool? That, does he talk about this kind of stuff? Yeah, he's totally cool. If you want but to talk to him, he'll talk. He'll be fine today. with you and I speaking yeah. about this. Well, I didn't realize we were going to get so heavy so quick, but um, <laughs> I'm no, 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 no. Thank, thank, <laughs> but I think it's important to, to talk about that because I mean, I talk a lot about my health on this show, and and I think it's important for. I just want to normalize the conversation around around yeah. mental health, and yeah. like, I'd rather than you know, I mean, I don't want to say it like that, but. When people think someone who's got a mental illness, they spot someone, they point at someone sitting on a park bench talking to someone they can't see and they go, that's mental illness. I would like people to look on telly and go, well, that's someone who's got it. He's living with it. He's managing it. And that's, you know, I would rather, I'd really, I would want to talk about just kind of normalizing it. And and that's why I asked, you know, what it was like. Because having that conversation with your kids and telling your family about what's going on. It's up to everybody when they want to disclose yeah. and how they disclose. But it is a, it is a very important one. And did, did you have support from other family, like uncles and aunts and things like that around that time? Not really. Um, growing up, my mum had a brother lived in Melbourne. Um, and all my dad's family's in Switzerland. So it was pretty much like I we made jokes and I had to raise my mum. Because <laughs> when my parents separated around the same time. Yeah. Um, but they were very good to each other. So it wasn't drama. But I always had to deal with her yeah. panic attacks growing all through high school and even even now and even now I'm still can't deal with them that great but I'm a lot better like I yeah. know it's a bit like so was school a respite then what does that mean was school like a way to escape 
Um, I guess maybe that's why I always used to work. I didn't have a problem with it. For me, it was normal. That's the thing. I guess you're so right. So yeah. I could I could deal. This is normal. It's where the mum is. I know this is normal. Mm. I've seen my dad like this is like they, they let me know that it was normal as okay. well. Like we did talk about it. That's so important. But I could definitely see like a very close friend of mine. She's very sheltered, and her parents. Like I know, like the way she looked, it was like we were crazy. But I was just like, I could see it in her family as well, it going on. But I would obviously never tell her because she couldn't comprehend. Yeah, you can't. But I was like, your parents are going through the same thing. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything. But they don't because then they think it's crazy. So exactly what you're saying, you need to make everyone aware that it's totally normal. Yeah, every second person goes through it. Lucky if we don't. Yeah. If not, I like, I went through a bit of depression like last year just from stress from work so even if you don't have it when you're young you may get it mm. when you're older from the pressure of work or a relationship or whatever yeah. it's just gonna come it's just it, totally normal it does pass like a storm yeah it does it does pass yeah. we, we have this idea at the time that we think it's permanent that it's going to be like that forever yeah and that it's personal yeah and that it affects everything yeah but those three things aren't true and you have to just kind of challenge it was it was uh, uh simon say personal permanent and global that this is only happening to you yep. and it's happening because they don't like you. Yep. This is how it's going to be forever yep. and this will affect everything. Yep. None of those things are true. Yeah. It's just, you know, but as you said before, mind. taking the time to pull it apart, yep. taking the time to just go, oh, hang on, just challenging those thoughts. Is, yep. that, is that right? No, it's actually not. But it's, it's the trick. It's, it's, you know, it's like learning to juggle. You yep. have to keep working at it exactly. until you kind of figure out how to challenge it. And then you sorts. get better. And you yeah. know, like I know now, I used to get really, really, obviously with my work, I just work like crazy, really, really stressed. And I've discovered, obviously, exercise. It's the best. And when you're stressed, you don't want to exercise. But the last couple of times when I was stressed, I made myself go to gym. And then after, you've forgotten about it and you can take on the world again. So you just people need more access to knowledge and help to help them get yeah. in the right direction. And exercise doesn't have to be gym. Exercise can be yeah. a stroll around stroll the block. Whatever it is your your thing. Table tennis out here. Yeah. Whatever. It can it really can be. It can just yeah. be a stroll around the block. It can yeah. be a walk. It's just 20 minutes. Yeah. That's all it takes. Walking, which is why we're doing the walking group for Mindshift. Oh, really? Yeah, so well, we'll talk, we'll talk about we'll talk about mind shift in a moment. We'll yeah. get we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. So you're saying that so your father opened the restaurant. How quickly yeah. was he like, "All right, Georgina, come I'm just come to work." Uh, I was th probably, I was illegal. So when can you legally work? 14 and a half or 14. Know. So I was a year below legal age. Wow. I was okay. a dishy. So I used to. So you're out the back with the chefs and yeah. their sailor talk. Yeah. I used to walk home from work, get changed, walk to the train station, catch a train an hour into Camp Hill because we were living in Cleveland and I did dishes for a good year. And then when I was legal, I was in front of house and then I was managing by year 12. Now I've done, hang on, I've done that dish pig job. <laughs> not fun that is not did you have the gloves yeah I had the gloves i was doing dishes and the big heavy hose or did you just shove it all in the uh no you have to hose it before you put it in the dishwasher you can't put yeah. dirty dishes in the dishwasher that's uh how many hours i would probably at that age was probably working friday saturday nights and then as i got like into high school working more it takes hours. a while to get the stink out of you oh you especially it was asian restaurants then so you smell like deep fry and yeah you go home and you smell like a wok. Yeah, nasty. Yeah, you got to wash your hair. Not that you know. I love Asian food. Don't get me wrong. It's the but best. When, when you're cleaning up 500 plates of it, yeah, and all the cooking equipment, yeah, you smell. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty <laughs> yicky. And um, what was it like being in the back there with like you're working with? I mean, it's no secret. Chefs are weird. Yeah. Uh, you're in the back. You're yeah. a kid. Yeah. You're a little girl. <laughs> all right. My stepdaughter is 
soon-to-be stepdaughter is uh, about to turn 12, so not much older than her, and you're back there working with adults who, you know, smoke and drink and do (laughs) drugs and talk about clubbing on the weekends and ride motorbikes and have sex with each other behind their partner's back. That must have been mind-blowing. I was lucky. It was Thai restaurants, so Uh they're a lot more well-behaved than the chefs I deal with now. Got it. do that, so I was a little bit sheltered. Couldn't understand half the things they were saying. Uh So I was just trying to... Just a lot of Saudi cars, yeah. Saudi crap. Saudi car, yeah, so yeah. it was good culture to be around at a yeah. young age. Buddhists, awesome. Yeah, exactly. They do the trick. It was good. Yeah, yeah. But be- even then, if there was horrible, naughty chefs, you'd still be aware of the world and you'd be ready for it when you get to the age. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, uh, so, but working, working with your dad, what did you, you know, how did that change the relationship that you had with him? Oh, we're best friends. We just get along. We never fight. We just uh, we have the dream relationship. I can't even. That's really my mum is very jealous of our relationship, but yeah, we just get along like two peas in a pod. And he says, if I have an idea, he'll say yes or no. And if he says no, I'm like, yep, fair enough. And then same with me. Yeah. Yep. You push like, him. Yeah, but I need this, and he'd be like, why? And I'm like, this is why. And he'd be like, okay, yeah. yep. So, between the two of you, at what point did he? So I mean. It doesn't really, I was talking to Gigi the other day about the idea of generational wealth, the idea that, you know, a parent or a grandparent builds a business and then they bring the kid or the grandkid in and then the grandkid is essentially reaping the rewards of not just 10 years of work, but 50 years of work and and then passing that on. And like, that is a thing that um, is a privilege yeah. Uh, in in our culture and, and does is very difficult to come by for for you know first and second generation Australians. Um, at, at what point did your dad go? You know what? You could probably run this. Um, when I was a bit older, so obviously he had Thai restaurants, the one that I worked at, and then I went to uni and worked there, and then he had some other ones that he did on his own. I went backpacking, came back, did one Thai restaurant. So then I was about twenty one then, and he's like come work for me and I'm like oh, okay because I wanted to go to New York and do event management and la 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 so I took over Green Empire at the time full time and then that was obviously when you start working a place and it, you just breathe it and it was struggling so it was very stressful so then we had the idea to put the cafe in the back and that's now called Pawpaw which is now a whole new thing and then once that kicked off he had also bought an Italian restaurant by himself which was failing, and then I was doing poor poor, and I said, "Let me take over the Italian and do a cafe." I tell you, man, <laughs> engineers. When engineers <laughs> decide to go into business, they look at it from such a different way. They look at it from just problem solving, yeah. And they're so good at it. <laughs> There's a great book called American Icon: How Alan Mulally, a, a systems engineer from Boeing, saved Ford. Basically, he just looked he at. It's an extraordinary book. Yeah. Amazing book. They were the only one of the big three not to take money off the government in the GFC. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he designed 747 cockpits. Crazy. All right. So he has one look at the way that Ford, the motor company, is working is going, oh, this is shit. Of course it doesn't work. Look look where everything's going wrong. Yeah. Redesigned the whole business flow. Redesigned, yeah. And then boom. Boom. Killed it. So I can only imagine that your father was using some of his skill set from being an engineer to grow his business so rapidly. He must have felt yeah. pretty good uh, about that. But just to rewind for a moment, you went to university, you studied event management. Yeah. Um, it's an exciting time to be at university yeah. and you went you went backpacking. Where yeah. did you go around the world? I mean, it's, Around the world. Yeah. Well, like six that's, months It's a big place. I was, sorry, six months traveling America, all of Europe and then Asia. All of Europe? Like... 
Switzerland, down to Portugal. Oh, you went to home country? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Home country is the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've only been to one home country. I haven't been back to Lithuania. I've been to Prague. Oh, I haven't been back to Lithuania. No. 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 So w- when you came back to Australia, you were like, and I've done this. I, can't, I got back to Brisbane. You don't want to come back to Brisbane. Yeah, I got back traveling. to Brisbane after I traveled the first time. I was 24 and I went, ah. Oh. No way. Oh, right. And w- within six months, I was working on Channel V. I'd, I'd had another radio had job and I was working on... Yeah, I know, right? It closed today. <laughs> it closed Yeah, it? Channel V's over on Friday. Why? That's it. It's over. Why? Because the internet. Oh, Nobody crazy. watches music videos on TV anymore. Crazy. Yeah. But um, within six months of landing off yeah. the plane, yeah. I was... Not even. No, yeah, within six months, I was on air at Channel V after yeah. already having... Already had another radio job. I was just so driven to be like, once I'd seen what was out there and seen the world that wasn't Brisbane. Yeah, you can't settle for. Did you feel the same? Yeah, I was. I had already. I was speaking to like companies that find you placements in America, so I had a placement to already be a management role in a hotel in Orlando. So that was organizing, and then he's like, "Come back, work family business, offered me this wage, which I'm still not there yet." And I was like, oh, she's doing the, uh, Georgina's doing the, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the money is up here. <laughs> money is up here. Uh, fingers. And I was like, oh, this is, you know, cool. I can do, I could do something here in the business. If I went over there, I'd be the bottom of the food chain for a long, long time. So I, I got stuck into it and then it just all went up from, up from there. Oh, so it was a case of if I go over to New York, I'm competing against people who have had my experience, but over there, they've yep. got dads who've got six restaurants and they're, you know, yep. and I'm arriving fresh. Yeah. Tough. We man. didn't have six restaurants then. We only had two. Still, more I than made one. us have the six restaurants. You made us have the six restaurants. So you arrive and you say, "All right, Dad, let's go. Let's expand." Pretty much. Yeah. Is that what you sat him down and said, "Here's how it's going to well, be." Well, we did the cafe, and then when he did the Italian restaurant without me, and that failed, I said, "Give it to me," and then I doubled the revenue in two weeks of opening my one. And now we're together, the engineer, and now we flip restaurants. Is what we're doing, and then we're planning the pawpaws, which will open slowly. A chain. Slowly. So I don't know. We want to, we don't want to do a chain. I think we want to own them ourselves because we don't like like we think about franchising, but we know that there's not that much money in hospitality. And then if you're a franchise, give it to the franchisee. They don't make much money in the end, and we kind of don't want to rob people. So the well, good for you. Good for you for being <laughs> having you know honest uh, aspirations. So you flip restaurants like people flip houses. Yes, that's what we're doing this year. We did two last year. And now that's we figured out that works. So we're doing that because they're little basic ones and we turn them into something decent, like not big budget. And then we can sell them to that chef that wants his first restaurant oh, or mom just wants a cafe and they're already ready to run easy. And of course, it's easy to go so you can come take over and you can run it. And because you have so many connections and such a network already in the hospitality industry, you're aware of who's ready to go and make their own move and who's ready to bust out on their own. And Not necessarily. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Last year, we just got lucky. We didn't plan to sell them and then we put them up and then one's a now Brisbane Royal Player owns one and one was just a bought his wife a cafe and they're doing better now because they're owner operators uh-huh. rather than having us like, looking after them also. Right. That's that's a lot of work. Yeah. I've learned a lot. Yeah, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Are you regretting not going to New York and being an event manager? No, not at all. No? No. Because now I can just go over there on holidays. Oh, yeah. Live it up a bit better. Yeah. Soon, hopefully. Yeah, going, going, to, going to New York and not having much money is not is Yeah. Not Last time I did it, was backpacking. So I plan, next time I go, I'm doing it in a hotel. 
Ten I got a hotel. Go to Airbnb. Airbnb. Yeah, go say someone's Airbnb. beautiful house. Yeah, that's true. Hotels are the same everywhere yeah. in the world. Airbnb is so cool, hey? It is. It's great. Stayed in all over the world. It's a great business idea. Yeah. Completely disrupting the hotel industry. Yeah, it's extraordinary. An Uber. What's going to be the Airbnb for food, do you think? Has it already happened? I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that. Yeah. Build it. Well, like... Deliveroo like, might be. What is it? Deliveroo. Deliveroo. Yeah, it? that's yeah. not here yet, though, is it? Uh, not in Brisbane. Yeah, not in Brisbane. In I want that because I need... I want to start doing delivery without putting on a, a driver. So I'd love that to be here. Well, that's the thing. They're offering a, uh, a delivery uh, contracting yeah. service, I yeah. guess. I guess. I think Uber is working on that as well. Food delivery. Food delivery. Like, damn. What? Because I can call my, like, I, you want my food. I don't have a delivery driver. We just hook it up through Uber. Done. Ten bucks. Perfect. Extra for delivery. And Piece I make more sales. Yeah. Piece of cake. So all this sort of stuff is, it must make you feel pretty powerful. I don't really, I don't think like that. No. No? No. When you look around at your mates who you went to high school no, with. No, don't make me compare. <laughs> no, no, I'm asking. I'm asking seriously. When you look around at your mates that you went to high school with, you said you were, you know, you were comparing yourself um, to, to others. You know, when you look around at your mates you went to high school with, do you... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. feel um, that you can... I mean, there's that famous saying, I love it. Um, we all have the same amount of hours in the day as Beyonce. <laughs> so you know? true. So we don't really have any excuses. <laughs> you know, she got where she got from practice yeah. and yeah. rehearsal working hard. and working yeah. so hard. So when you look around at the mates you went to high school with, do you, do you feel all right? Do you feel, um, yeah, I did okay. I did okay. I always say I'm very lucky that I had the opportunity from my dad. Because I like people when they sometimes they compare to me and I say don't compare to me because I was lucky I had that opportunity which not everyone gets so it's different like for me wanting to get in the restaurant business to having wanting to get in the restaurant business and having my dad already started it so I was already one step ahead so I'm very grateful for that yeah um, but it's what you did with that opportunity I know I know I definitely know I like. I missed every 18th and every 21st. And I remember in year 12 working every Friday, Saturday night, people were like, you're missing your high school years. I'm like, doesn't matter. I'll party later when I got my shit together. Have you started partying yet? I have. This weekend okay. I just started partying. It was the first time. I don't really drink or do anything. I just go out and be social. I went out every night this weekend, just gone. was the first time I've done that in a long, long, wow. long time. So you missed every 18th and every 21st. In the, apart from my best friends. Sorry. That's fine. I missed a friend's wedding. 
Because that, that's the thing, you know, what, what do you want people to understand about sacrifices like that? Because some people will be like, oh, there's no way I'm missing, you know, so-and-so's 18th, or there's no way I'm not going to that 21st. Well, that's what separates you from, from them. If they, you have to make those choices, I guess. How do you judge whether, you know, because what is the 21st or, or an 18th or a wedding? What does it do? It nurtures a relationship. It strengthens a relationship yeah. or a friendship yeah. and, it, and it, it encourages that relationship to, to last a little longer. Yeah. When you weigh that relationship up against, you know, the, the cost of not going yeah. to that relationship versus the you know, the benefit of, yeah. of working. Yeah. How do you even make that call? Well, if they're my good friend, they will understand how important the business is. So. Uh, and that's, again, I guess that sorts out those yeah. of who you want near you. Yeah. What have you learned about keeping, about people you do keep near you? I, I, I guess as you get older, you, you know, you need less really close friends. Um. Mine, I look after, like, my, there's three, three girls I'm really, really close with and we just still call them. We still text message every day and we stay in contact every day and we're there. You don't need to always see each other. You know what I mean? They're busy. they got their lives now. i got my life. We just call once a week and check on them. And if they're down, you know, they're down, you, you give them that attention and, you know, I don't know, just look but after them. What about people who might have... Or might not share the same. You, I mean, you're, you're bursting with energy in here. I'm, I'm sitting over here, kind of sick from my cousin. And you're tracky. Well, it's not flip flops. Hey, it's cold, dude. It's, <laughs> it's cold not in the cold. studio. Oh, I just lost a bunch of weight, so I'm colder than I normally am. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. But it you're, looks fine, um, by the way. <laughs> you know, you're, 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 you're bursting with some sort of energy, and people could be able to hear it. And surely people hear it. But what, what have you learned about being around people that don't share that? that energy or don't share that vision? I don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, well, that's okay. Well, then what, what have you learned about surrounding yourself with people who are similar-minded then? Well, then you, you bounce off each other. Yeah. And you notice when you're not with someone like-minded because they'll they'll bring you down. And even, obviously, I'm, I'm doing better and getting more successful. If someone is not as successful, they should still be on the same level with me when they're spending time with me and not make me feel like I have to bring myself down to their level. Yeah. And if they make me feel like I have to bring myself down, like I never go, oh, I'm doing this, this and, and boast or anything. So we should, if you're having coffee with me and we're just talking about boys or exercise, it should be like we're an equal, equal level. So uh -huh. it's, you need to have that energy. And if they feel like they're comparing or bringing me down, I don't like to spend time with those people. So uh, yeah, you just have to be around positive people. It doesn't yeah. have to be successful people, just positive people. That's a good point. Uh, I, I def definitely remember, I guess I, I was lucky to have the attrition of moving states yeah. a few times, so <laughs> I really didn't have any choice but to kind of leave a few people by, yeah. by the way. So then I moved countries and then, <laughs> then I moved back, which was, which was nice. How, um, how is it moving? Because you would have met so many people that would be very high up, but so absorbed in themselves is it nice coming you know what i mean like, what was your question about living in america like or even here is it a week queensland is more down to earth or chilled compared um, to the biggest difference that i noticed um and what was intoxicating about being in america yep. as i'm sure you noticed when you yep. were there yeah it's a culture that celebrates not only success but the potential of success all right when i first got over there i would mumble into my hand 
what do you do? What do you do? Well, I host Australian Idol. You yeah. what? Australian Idol. That's a TV show. Don't yeah. worry about people are like, hey, everyone, we got Australian Secrets over here. <laughs> the people are just, oh, really? Good for you. That's fantastic. Nice one. Like, people couldn't wait to pat me on the back for, yep. fuck, good on you, man. Yeah. Well done. You must have worked hard for that. Yeah. Here, it's, well, fucking good on you. Tickets, mate. Tickets on yourself. You know, you think you're fucking yeah. great, don't you, mate? Like, and that we really can do without as yeah. a culture. Yeah. We really can't. Because how are we going to compete on a global stage? Yeah. We really can't afford to do that. We're up against, so when you look at some of the economies we're up against and the yeah. culture of those economies, I mean, you look at a culture like China and the way they celebrate their entrepreneurs and celebrate yeah. those who are just, like yourself, working every yeah. day. Yeah. And here we're like, oh, look, mate, it's, I might call a sickie, the, the surf's up. Yeah. How are we going to compete economically? When I go out, I say I'm a waitress. Ah, you do. You talk yourself down. I say, what are you doing, waitress? Now, oh, <laughs> you can ask me to edit this out. It's a personal question. Are you single at the moment? Yes. When boys ask you what you do, do you say you're a waitress? I'm because a waitress because they get intimidated, I feel. Do you find it difficult dating boys? Because, yes. wow. <laughs> What's their reaction? Because you're a you know, powerful, successful businesswoman. Yeah. What's their reaction? I don't know. It's just... So what do they do? What's, what, what happened last time? It, oh, I, I feel like the, well, maybe it's me as well. The conversation doesn't go that far because obviously I'm, I want to do this or this. And then, and then you're like, as you say, they're all, my last boyfriend, who was an absolute angel, loved the death out of him. Like he had no work ethic. So this is kind of a different topic, but I'm like, I couldn't deal with that. Yeah. Like maybe that's no, no, younger no, gentleman. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's like, I don't know. Is I just I find it hard to meet maybe just passionate, hardworking people. Yeah, but you really you, you say do you say I'm a waitress to other women as well? Yeah, to start, I don't, I don't like yeah, like to boast. See, that's the thing. That's the difference about America and Australia. Yeah, I would say is that it's not boasting. And I had yeah. to learn that it's not boasting. Yeah. It's not boasting to say, you know, what do you do? You know, oh, what did you do in America? I was the first Australian to host live network primetime. No one's done it since. No one did it before me. Yeah. I did it. It's what I went over there to do. Yeah. And it was great. 10 million people watched. It's freaking awesome. So and I was good. really good at it. <laughs> I can say that without bragging because it's yeah. just a fact. Yeah. That is what I did. I worked yeah. my balls off to do it. And when I did it, it was, it was, you know, extraordinary work. It went so smoothly. It felt like the perfect golf swing or yeah. like 12 weeks of it. And it was the ability to feel comfortable with, with learning how to do that. And I think, I guess as the culture becomes, certainly the entrepreneurial uh, community becomes more and more connected to um, startup hubs elsewhere in the world, uh, San yeah. Francisco, Austin, Singapore, London, that, that kind of culture can permeate a bit more because we really can do without it. In yeah. this country, we yeah. really, really can. We're so willing to tear everybody down that's doing a little bit better. Yeah. And it, it sucks that you have to say, I'm a waitress. <laughs> what would you say instead? Um, what could you say? That's, management? No, no, no. Oh, like what could I say? What could you say instead? Um, Let's role play. Oh, hi. Hey, hey. You look going? great tonight. Thanks. What do you do? <laughs> I'm in hospitality business. Oh, really? That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, what what restaurant? Cafes. Can I? Can I said I you said S. Oh. I heard you say plural. Yes, there's a couple. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Right now we're giggling. Look shy. at you, you're giggling and shy. 
I want you to, for me, for me, I want you to straight up state, all right, something like, um, how many how many properties have you got now? How many at the moment, businesses? At the moment, less. At the moment, we just got onto our fourth. But last year, I was running six at one time. Okay. So, four, I run. Do you want me to brag for a little bit? Is that no, what no, no. It's not bragging. Do you want me just to say when, what I do? No, just when someone asks you. Yep. I want you to say, um, well, I've worked in hospitality since I was 12. Yeah. And now I run four restaurants. What about you? And if he says anything but something comparable, that's a great litmus test of the kind of man that can handle you. If he can't handle your answer, he can't handle you. Yeah. So be honest. Okay. For me, please. Okay. This weekend, I want you to report back. You can take me out. We can we can introduce some. Oh, I'm nice. terrible. I'm sober now. So it's I nice bachelors. <laughs> I go to bed at. Oh man. But I'm the same. I don't like going out. I'm like because my job is so social. I'm talking to people all day. I just want to go home and I'm a chiller. I'm a home girl. It's not much a movie in bed. Yeah. That's all I want to do. And be like active. That's okay. I don't like to party. That's all right. You can, you can, lunch dates are good. Lunch dates. Yeah, and brunch is the new, brunch well, is yeah, the, totally is the new big night out. We're, we're busy. There's lots of. Yeah, yeah. It's weekend. important. <laughs> so yeah, like, so next time you see a boy you fancy, if he can't <laughs> handle your real answer, he can't handle you. Okay. Okay. Thank you. And that's fine. <laughs> and that's good information. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It's good information, which does lead me to the, <laughs> the self-esteem work you do. <laughs> In a really interesting way. <laughs> how did you get to come and how did you get to be involved with these guys? Um, you know, it's, you know, it's, um, right. I beg your pardon. You know, it's my mum who started it. Uh, say that louder. You're not in the microphone. You know, it's my mum. My mum started Mind Shift. Your mum started yeah. Mind Shift. Yes. Well, that's fantastic. So obviously mum, I told you about before, suffered from depression and anxiety her yeah. whole life. Um, and she needed to do something because she's now 56 this year and she's still struggling and not going anywhere so she for herself said she needs to do something to help others and i would say well you need to fix yourself at the same time so this is part of that journey um and obviously it's about self-esteem and creating a better sense of awareness for yourself and um they need i'm obviously the youth ambassador because they need some youngings in there because i guess all the social media affects us a lot more than her generation. That's a whole different level of things which she, she hasn't even gone through. But of course, I put my hand up to be involved. We're we running out of time. No, no, no. I'm just checking. <laughs> I'm just checking that we're still rolling. No, um, we don't run out of time. Uh, <laughs> I've got to pick my mom in, in 40 minutes, but that's it. From where? Uh, her house. I'm taking her shopping. Oh, cute. That's lovely. <laughs> anyway, got to help dad with business. Mum with business. Right. Do, do so Mindshift particularly deals with social media? No. So at the moment, so last year they did research. Obviously, it's about self-esteem. It is based a lot on social media. So last year they did the research in Corinth High School about how social media affects you in, you in school and everything. Um, so they did 12-month research with psychiatrists and all that jazz. And now we've just had funding. We've, so we've had like a a manual done so that teachers can take it as a class at school because no one is taught anything really about it. And obviously social media is so new in the last couple of years that parents don't know, don't know how to deal. There's a little bullying 
girls comparing to every every second girl's a model, airbrushing, you know how crazy it is. Um, so we've just developed the mod- module. We've just got funding. So now at Corinda High School, which is in Brisbane somewhere, we're trialling it for six months. Uh-huh. Um, and then hopefully we plan to roll it out to all the schools as a subject that teachers take. And so teachers... Hang on a second. So it's training for teachers yeah. to help the help. students yeah. cope online? Cope online and in all, all forms because you don't learn, like at school, what subjects you do. You don't do anything about no. mental health, depression, anxiety, Nothing all, all that jazz. So it, it, touch, it touches on all that. So at least because the probably teachers don't even know what they might not have gone through it. They might not know they're going through it. So yeah. they definitely don't know how to teach a young kid who's struggling from it. So it's just, it's it's very, very new mind shift. Yeah, well, I, I guess, you know, early intervention is, of course, you know, worth, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the cost of fixing something increases exponentially over the time from when it's first noticed, yeah, you know, exactly. before you do something about yeah. it. So early intervention is incredibly valuable when you yeah. think about it. What are the um, what are the kind of key key points that you're uh, you're telling these people about? I don't. I need to get Liz in to go through the module with you. <laughs> she she's written this with them. I'm more. I come in on the board meetings and I say. <laughs> about the like I'm more bringing about the social media because obviously everyone on the team is a lot older and I'm like this is really really serious yeah. I didn't have Facebook till I finished school so imagine being 13, 14 looking at those photos in class oh, so our I, 11 year old has Instagram yeah it's crazy so I, yeah. I kind of help more with advice on that and I obviously what I've been through you know I was going to get my boobs done and I oh, really? my nose and really? all that jazz. You still wear makeup now, wear no makeup. When did that happen? Hey, wait, wait, wait. Let's rewind that for a <laughs> second. Okay. So at what stage of your life did this happen? Boobs? Yeah. yeah. I've always wanted them. Obviously, we, us girls, we always want, want boobs, watching Victoria's Secret. Um, since 18, I wanted them. And then my mom, I'm really, my mom, obviously very against them. And then saved, save, save, went to get them. Then I pulled out because my mum got so upset. So I went to, I booked in twice to get them done. And it was just. What did your friends say about it at the time? Um, if it makes me happy. But I'm lucky I have very good friends that love me for the way that I am. So I'm yeah. lucky I have a very good support group. And it was your mum who was so upset about that? I was That's so upset. My mum pretty much went into. Meltdown. Meltdown. Yeah. Anxiety. Was crying. Calling me. So depressed. And I thought, am I that. Is it that important to do that for myself that I will make her feel so sick and upset? Yeah. And if she's feeling that way now, imagine I did get them; it'd be an ongoing thing for her. Yeah. So but, I had to uh, make but, that decision. And you, you said a nose job as well. What 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 did you think when you looked in the mirror? I have a big nose. Compared to other little non-European Aussie <laughs> noses. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're young, I'm good now. I'm at the point now at 26. So glad I didn't get my boobs done. So glad I didn't get my nose done. Wear no makeup most of the time. Love myself a lot more than I ever did. Um, I'm lucky that I have that. I've always had a really good support network around me, which is what as well MindShift is trying to do to create everyone aware so we can support everyone in general to kind of make that decision easier. Because, like, I have so many friends that are gorgeous and have boobs done. So I was looking at them like, oh, fuck, you know what I mean? Like, it's always in your face now. Yeah. Everyone so has it done. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> but I also know I'm very lucky that I'm a rarity that has no boobs or no tats. <laughs> In Queensland, <laughs> yeah, it's like every second person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, there's so many things you can talk about about self-esteem yeah. and all that. Like, how did you go from someone who looked in the mirror and went, "This isn't okay. I don't feel good about this. I'm going to have to surgically yeah. alter what I see so yeah. I can feel better." To, I feel okay about what I'm looking at. That's a hell of a leap. <laughs> Um, before I was going to get them done the second time, my mom said, go see a psychiatrist. She's like, if you see a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist says, okay, then you get your boobs done. So I went and did that. And that was really, made me really uncomfortable because I didn't feel that I was in the mind, something wrong with me. Um, this, the whole battle was like to get it done was so hard compared to a lot of people just overnight get it done I, I had to really 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 think about the process and if it's really really what I wanted it would it make me think you know I've still didn't I still thought my legs were too big well having booze made me think my legs are skinnier you know what I mean like there was like there's more to it than that so I was like hang on maybe if I just get more healthy in general eat better exercise better I'll start feeling better and I kind of went on that route and then obviously that's still a slow race when you're losing weight and changing your body and getting like muscly and everything and then I I guess I went on that journey and I so I put that on hold for my mum and in the meantime I focused on myself and getting healthy in my mind and body and all that jazz mm -hmm. and then I she did, did the, she did the woo-woo hands <laughs> yeah they were woo-woo hands that's okay and then I learned to love myself for the way that I am that, but that's not a thing that just comes, again, like we said, it's like learning to juggle. You have yeah. to wake up and when those thoughts come on, you look in there and go, actually, no. Yeah. And I'm really lucky that I've learned to love myself now at 26 because I know so many people don't ever learn to love themselves yeah. or they're always going through the battle. Yeah. And tell me about um, makeup. Did you used to wear a lot of makeup? Never a lot of makeup, but I always... For three years, I had eyelash extensions, and if I had no extensions on, I'd feel, don't look at me, you know? Yeah, and that's the bad thing about all those things. Like, you yeah. get lashes done, and then you get nails done, and then you get your hair. Like, even now, I get my hair colored naturally, so it doesn't look really... like you. Do, and you get the feel of how you feel with these things, so that's, like, the hard thing of being a girl. Like, you know, obviously... Okay, when we're all dressed up on a Saturday night in our heels and our tight dress, and boys look at you a certain way. Yes. And then when you're not dressed like that, they look at you differently. And you, it's, I guess that's the same with social media and like you upload maybe in your bikini and you get 100 likes when if it's just there drinking coffee, you get 10 likes. And then, you know, there's that, that problem. I don't even know what the name is, but people get addicted to that feeling. Yes. Well, a little, they get a little squirt of dopamine into, yeah. your, into your brain. Yeah. And, you know, the more I show of my body, the more strangers will double tap on their phone and yeah. that's supposed to make me feel good. I don't know why, yeah. but it, yeah. So, I mean. I feel like I'm talking about a million different no, things. No, 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 that's fine. I've, <laughs> g g you know, because I've. Like, I know that I used to get insecure because I'm muscly. I muscle up really quickly. So, if someone says I look bulky, I'm like, oh my God, I look like a man. But then I think, oh, hang on. I know that there's people training that want to look like me as well. So everyone wants different things and likes different things. So I just have to accept it and be like, do the best with what I can and what I've got given and, you know. What about things like uh, boobs and nose, things you were fixated on and were prepared to go through surgery and then go go to Bali? Oh, no one's going to notice yeah. when I come back. <laughs> wow, you're, looking, you're glowing from your time on the beach. <laughs> 
What about things like that that you were so fixated on for so long? Just deal with it. I can't change my boob on my nose. I can, you know, tone up my legs. So go to gym and work on toning up my legs and work with what I've got. <laughs> you're, but you're a beautiful woman. <laughs> what? That's well, the- that's another thing as well. Like... That annoys me as well about it's all the really beautiful women that are getting the boobs done and they're getting ultra perfect and doing the hand thing and then it makes it really, really hard for some, you know, like, you know, we're not all genetically lucky with particular things and I'm like, that just make, it keep making, making it harder to get to these goals which are really unrealistic. So if, yeah. if more of us walk around makeupless you know, wearing comfortable clothes and be like, this is actually what you can, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know what to say. You know, you know what I mean? When you, I'm kind of mumbling a bit. No, no, no. It's perfect. When you, <laughs> when you do answer that question, honestly, to that boy, you do fancy. And he does say, wow, you're beautiful. You look great tonight. Wearing what you're wearing. You'll be like, all right, let's go have a cup of coffee. You'll be like, all right, I'm in. It's going to be good. You, you report back to me. You'll have a great time. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time and being so honest uh, and being so open to having this conversation with me. I mean, mean, it's almost as I don't, I don't drink. I'm sober and I don't eat meat. I haven't eaten animal products since I was 28. People look at me like like I've got two heads when people look at me like I've got two heads when I tell them I don't drink. When you tell, when you tell people you don't do, don't wear makeup. Well, yeah, why? I think so. A uh, makeup art person approached me the other day saying, we want to give you samples. I'm like, oh, I don't really wear it. I still wear it when I'm going out yeah. on Saturday night, but I'm like, I don't really wear it anymore. Oh, why don't you wear it anymore? Learn to love the skin that I'm in. <laughs> Did her head just explode? <laughs> just, you know, the, I don't know. Yeah. Do you know what's really good? Aesop. Your skin gets better when you wear no makeup. Like you, it, there's a there's a, there's a period of of dealing with it. Oh my god, I don't look like that anymore. You need to kind of forget what you look like with makeup, and then you can settle into it. Got it. So you need to like it's kind of like weaning yourself yeah. off, like you know, getting off a drug or alcohol. Yeah, I gotta forget that that's what you look like in it, and then learn this is what you look like. Yeah, and save that for special occasions. Yeah. And just work on being a good person. Yeah, and work on being a good person. I actually yeah. feel better without it now. Like when I put it on, I I can smell like the alcohol in it. And do you feel like a uh, like you're presenting as a different person yeah. when you wear it? Especially when I'm out, if I'm out on a Saturday night with it on, I'm like it's like your different identity a little bit. Yeah, it is right. Blokes don't get to do that. No. So if I said, I guess it's fun. If we, if it's a special occasion, it's been fun. You can be like yeah. mysterious Gina and I said. But I have been, I have been known to wear eyeliner, <laughs> guy liner. Um, wow, this is fascinating. And what's interesting is my uh, my fiance is a, a makeup artist, yeah, a very very good one, yeah. Uh, she's quite experienced at what she does, and and uh, she has a lot of similar thoughts to you. <laughs> she makes a living putting makeup on people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Um, I've loved having this conversation. Thank you so much for right. taking the time to come and see me. Thank you. This is great. I'm just going to, I'm going to take your photo now. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's going to be good. I promise you. It'll be fine. <laughs> All right. That was Georgina Vinton. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, thank you uh, to those who already have. But if you like the show and you would like to support the show, 
Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Osher is where you can find me. You want to find out more about what Georgina's doing, you can go to mindshift.org.au. Mindshift.org.au. You can uh, join in their walking club there. You can have a look at their awareness campaigns and a few other very, very interesting things they're doing for young people in in Australia. Um, I hope your week is good. I hope your week is good. I, um, I once had a psychiatrist tell me, he's like, oh, sure, I see a lot of people in here. I've never seen anyone whose life has more wild turns and interesting, crazy shit happen than yours. And I just said, but this is what my life is like. He goes, well, you picked a really interesting number when you got born, man. Um, so yeah, some wacky shit's going on in my life at the moment. Um, some of it I can't talk about, obviously, because it involves other people, but some of it I can. And um, all I'm saying is that this week I'm trying as hard as I can to be grateful every day and remind myself of things that I'm grateful for every single day um, because that helps. When things are stacking on top of itself, just reminding myself what's here right now that I'm grateful for and be grateful and start on my, I'm grateful that I have these clothes to wear. I'm grateful that I have glasses, that I can read whatever is in front of me. I'm grateful that I have a roof over my head. I'm grateful that I have clean air to breathe. There's so many things to be grateful for and they make the problem that I'm thinking about get smaller and smaller and smaller the more I'm grateful for things. Anyway, I've been doing that a lot. (laughs) and I'm probably gonna be doing that a lot more this week. Whatever goes on in your life this week, I hope it's awesome. And um, again, I'm grateful that I have you in my life to do this show for. Because if I didn't have you, I wouldn't want nobody, baby. Oh, I've really got to go to sleep. Thanks for listening. I love you for listening. Until I talk to you next time, sleep well and dream of beautiful things. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>